a lot of my family couldn't be at every game and everything. And so that was my commitment. I wanted to be at every baseball game. I wanted to coach the leagues. I wanted to do all those things. And Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's episode of the Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Begin Health. Begin Health's Growing Up Prebiotics is a daily prebiotic for toddlers and kids ages one and up. You may be asking yourself, what's the difference between probiotics and prebiotics? Probiotics are the bacteria in your gut and prebiotics feed the good gut bacteria. Why is this important, you may ask? Over 70% of the immune system is located in our gut, and strengthening the gut starts with feeding it the good stuff. Growing Up Prebiotics is a tasteless and textureless powder that can easily be mixed into your little one's water, juice, or milk, delivering three grams of fiber per serving. So if you're looking to support your kiddo's immune system, make sure you pick up Growing Up Prebiotics at BeginHealth.com. That's BeginHealth.com. What's going on, everybody? Already here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have this gentleman on. It's none other than Woody Bibbins. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? I'm always good. Yeah, it was my, it was my grandfather used to say to me, you know, if you're breathing, you're good. So I, I always, I'm, I'm, I'm a very positive person and have my standards very low. So I'm pretty happy. <laughs> nice man, love that mindset. We're gonna be talking about obviously you being the CEO and founder of Reach TV and just your career and all that good stuff and how you kind of, you know, maybe shared some wisdom about the real life because your son just recently graduated. So congrats to him. But I love bringing good guys like yourself to talk about their fatherhood journey. So take me back. I, like I said, I know that he just graduated college, but when you found out you're going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Well, uh, panic, uh, you know, um, you know, being, a, being, being an entrepreneur and being a, and raising a family or, two things that put fear into you, you know, and, and, and things you have to overcome, you know, um, you want to take the, you have to, I would, I would say to every entrepreneur that's a father, you, you are missing things, right. And you have to you come to grips with that's going to be a part of the process, but there's also some beautiful parts of it because you get to do things that other people can't do. Um, but I, I would say my initial thoughts were, holy crap, I'm going to be a dad. And then um, knowing how much I wanted to be the father I wanted to be. So uh, those that's probably the initial thoughts of all those emotions that hit you. Nice. Talk about some of the values you were looking to instill into him as he was growing up. Um, You know, I think I think when I was when I started to look back on my childhood, I remembered like the things that were the most uh, important to me were never disappointing that word disappointment, you know, uh, more than anything, I could get in trouble. I get, you know, I don't care about anything else. Uh, disappointing was something that was devastating to me. So I wanted to have that same type of, um, I wanted to build that with, with my son that he felt the same way about me. And also I wanted to be there, you know, you know, unfortunately for me, a lot of my family couldn't be at every game and everything. And so that was my commitment. I wanted to be at every baseball game. I wanted to coach the leagues. I wanted to do all those things. And, and fortunately for me, I was able to do those things. Nice. Yeah. Again, there's, there's really cool pictures of you and your son, uh, you know, for uh, different sporting events or the games that he's, you know, played in. It's like you're right by his side. So I love that. Let's kind of flip the script. What is something that he has taught you about life 
or yourself that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad? Um, a lot of things. I, I would say even recently while he was in college, you know, we as parents are so protective and we think, you know, we are overreacting to things. And I, sometimes what is it, it's great about watching kids is they just want to have fun and they, and they really are truly teammates with their team. And the things we think they were slighted on, they don't think that at all, you know? And, and so it also gave me perspective. Like sometimes, you know, remove yourself or take a deep breath and, and it's not that serious. And I installed that in him, but sometimes you forget about it when you're hyped up because it's your kid. Um, and watching him many, many times tell me, oh, no, no it wasn't like that at all. Uh, you know, like it was just fun. And I would say one of the things that he did um, during the pandemic, which to this day, we've really never talked about it, but it, I've been probably the most impressive. One of the most impressive things was he got to coming from Lehigh, being able to get into the Delaware Combine, which is like impossible for a small school. Every NFL team's there. And this is, his date is like March 15, 2020. So you know what happens, it gets canceled. Yep. And that's your year to draft. And not one word to me about it. It was canceled and Nothing. And then about two weeks later, he called me and said, hey, Lehigh has a graduate program one year. I think I'm going to go into that. And he, in a year, he got his master's degree and, you know, we're off and racing. But, you know, me personally, I would have been pissed. I can't get into my, you know, I've been talking about that and he's never brought it up to me. And so, you know, to me, that's that's probably a, one of the traits that I, I admire that he's been able to um He's been able to, something that I, I try to teach him, but he's actually brought it into his life is it's not that serious. You know, this too shall pass. It's one of the, it's one of my grandmother's favorite sayings. One I used to put on our boards. I used to put in our refrigerator. Nothing that we think is that serious is that serious, yeah. you know? And so he's really brought that into what he does and and how he acts. And I think it's, it's one of my traits, one of the traits I admire about no, no, yeah, kid. You know, we sometimes forget how resilient kids are, and you always want to be there and like be their shield, but realize like they need to shield their own stuff as the more you know they get into life and be on their own. So I love that. Now, usually I'll say like, "Hey, piece of advice or dad hack for you know new dads listen to this," but it can be for any dad or any parent. Feel free, uh, especially you know with your kids just with your son graduating you know college. It can be like, you know, for parents who are, you know, sending their kids off to college. Piece of advice can be for any, you know, any parent or all parents, but you have a dad hack or piece of advice you'd like to offer. Yeah, it's a very blunt one. It's one that I've been telling a lot of parents. It's one I stood on and I, I will stand on, continue to stand on. I don't believe in uh, participation trophies. I think, I think that life is not a participation trophy. And when you start kids off, I mean, I get it at five or six, but when you start getting seven and eight and nine, what you want to start to teach people that, you know, you have to work to get to, to be better and you have to, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It doesn't mean anything changes. So parents that base their love on winning and losing, that's on you. So don't do that. Yeah. Treat them the same way both ways, but allow them to experience winning and losing so that they know which what those things feel like. 
Um, when they told me as a coach that I was going to have to give out a participation trophy, I said, either I stay in coaching or I leave. And, you know, and I coach my way and we're not going to do that. And and they decided to go one way. So I moved to a different league. I don't believe in it. And I don't think it, it instills the work ethic that you want in kids. And we didn't grow up that way. So why are you trying? I know we all want better for our kids, but sometimes everything you're trying to do to protect them is not better for them. So I guess my advice is don't overprotect them because they need to learn these things early so that when they get older, they're ready to deal with it. I know a lot of kids that get older can't deal with any adversity. And it's because they've never dealt with it as kids. They never went through that. So my I guess my advice is allow your kids to deal with adversity young that you can help manage. Yeah. And to second part of that is to love them the same, whether they win or lose. Yeah. Very important part because yeah. I see people giving out their love based on if you did really well and that's not it. Right. So uh, those two pieces of advice go hand in hand. Great. Yeah. That's, I hope, you know, parents, no matter what kids, you know, their, their kids ages are, I think, you know, to take to heart. Yeah. I remember uh, D'Angelo Williams um, from, you know, he used to play in the NFL. He was like at his students, uh, his daughter's uh, field day and they were giving out participation trophies and she came in like fifth or something. He's like, put that back. He's like, you didn't earn it. And so the next event, she like just crushed it and came in first place, got the ribbon and be like, Hey, I got first place dad. And just walked away. And he's like, see, she learned something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love that. I so mean, again, like you know, congrats on your success and being the founder and CEO of Reach TV, being an entrepreneur. Talk a little bit about you know your company and what inspired you to go down that path, sir. Um, I think entrepreneurs are and we're wired to fix things. And so, you know, see an opportunity and and we're crazy enough to think we can actually fix it. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of insanity in just being an entrepreneur. Um, with Reach TV, well, it was like literally being in an airport going, why can't that screen be programmed the way I want it to be? Or at least be customized to me because I'm in New York. I don't give a damn what's going on over here. And if I'm in LA, I want this. And 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 then the best thing that ever happened, because someone told me I'll never be able to do it. This is the best thing. A friend of mine said, you can never do it because of this, this, and this, and this. I was like, perfect. Now I know there's an opportunity. <laughs> um, and, and I came from tech. Um, so I grew up in computers and consumer electronics. I came from tech. I did film and television finance. So all of the things that I've done throughout my career prepared me for this. Yeah. This is the one job that allowed me to use my relationships, my love of content, love of storytelling, ability to understand how to equipment, hardware, tech. It's all every day here is I'm dealing with all of those things every day. And I think uh, during the pandemic, we went to zero. So you start a business and then nobody's in traveling anymore. Yeah. Uh, and it, it it was one of the things we didn't lose. We kept all of our employees and we really focused on innovation and we came out of it super strong because we were innovative, coming up with crazy ideas. Every Friday had speakers in and we became and we changed our course to now we're the first network like this. We have a full live sports, live business. We're linear we're in, we've grown expeditionally, you know, ridiculously over the last couple of years uh, in spite of it. And. Great news was uh, Thanksgiving 2.900 oh, 
2,908,000 people went through TSA. That was the number one day in the history of travel ever. Wow. Ever. Wow. So they were predicting travel wouldn't come back until 2025. And here we are in 2023, two years in advance. And we're at the busiest travel day in the history of travel. Yeah. Well, congrats on all of the success, especially going through the pandemic. And maybe we put the pandemic, you know, aside because I think, you know, we, I think people know that the travel industry really was suffering. But you know, kudos to you for keeping your staff on. Besides, you know, trying to navigate through that, what was maybe the biggest struggle you had creating the business, and what did what lesson or what valuable lesson did that teach you, and how you got, you know, and how you overcame and all that? But is there one that like sticks out other than other than the pandemic? Yeah, the pandemic did, didn't really, as crazy as this says, didn't deter me. It actually probably helped us in the long run. Mm. I, I would say the biggest challenge was at the very beginning because most people don't do the work. And what I mean by that is the business plan. To this day, you know, I sent it around to my team like about a month and a half ago. My business plan. The business plan is the Bible and it's not for anybody else. It's for you when everybody else doubts what you're doing. The business plan is your thing to go back to. So when, when we were going through it in the beginning and people didn't believe, I believed. And, you know, I feel like I'm DJ Khaled here. And, you know, God did. But, you know, you do these business plans. And I and, and I said this a lot when I public speak and, and I tell people, call me and I'll send you the business plan. You know that. I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people tell me that they're, they want to go, they're going to email me and I'm going to call you and I'm going to get this business plan. I probably sent that business plan, a blank one, to about 20 people. That's it. And of the 20 people, I've said, I'll read it for you when you finish. I've gotten two business plans back. So to give you a concept, the, 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 the perspective is most people don't want to do that work. And what they're doing is they're cheating themselves. Because when I did that work, it didn't matter what anybody else did because I did all the research, all the work, and I was prepared for everything. So you have a plan, you're pivoting all the way through. Not that it's a straight line, it's all like this. But the whole time, what's behind that is you have a solid business plan and model and work that you did. And I would tell, I encourage everybody to do that work. It's it's a lot of work. It's tedious, but it it's so comforting because I knew all the things that were coming up. I've seen them before because when I was writing it, I could see it coming, and it gives you this calmness in spite of hecticness. You're able to stay calm because you did this work, and I think that's probably my biggest advice for anybody going into an entrepreneur. Anybody even running a business inside your business to write your own business plan for your part of the business, it it changes your perspective. It really brings you can see things that others can. It's because you did the work. Yeah, yeah, doing the work. Sometimes you know, especially you know, there, I'm, 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 there's this whole world is filled with people who do hard work, but then there's other people who just see the end results of someone who put in the work and didn't see like that, that typical iceberg thing, right? Where you see, you, you see the thing coming out of the water, but you don't see everything that was underneath. So yeah, I, that is, that is spot on uh, for you. You know, you mentioned, you know, it, it is tough in the beginning of our, of our chat, you were saying like how tough it was as an entrepreneur to balance work and family, but 
maybe share some of the things that worked for you that maybe could work for others that are kind of like running a business? Yeah, I think the word balance is probably one of the problems, right? It's, it's, you know, your family's in it, right? No matter what you think. And, and, And I think if you have that type of conversation and that type of inclusiveness, um, and make them part of it, you'll have more success on the word balance because they're going to feed into and come up with ideas. And what did you ever think of this? And everybody feels a part of it. And, and then I think you can do things creatively. Like I was able to pick myself up from school. I was able to work from home in the second half of the day before people knew the work from home thing. This is back in, you know, late nineties and two thousands, I was doing my second half of my day from home first day in my office. I was dropping them off to school, go to your office, work, and then come back in the second half. Just things like that, that, you know, allowed me to have extra time and extra, you know, um, you know, interaction, you know, even when I'm pulled in all other directions, at least then I'm, I'm, we're physically, you know, next to each other. And, and I, and I think sometimes it's just being open and honest about the things that you're going through it allows your, your your family and your and your kids to really feel that they're a part of it. Nice. One more question before we finish off for the Father Quick Five. And again, I really appreciate you being generous with your time. What do, what is your take? You know, especially in the entertainment, streaming, TV world, and just that whole industry in particular. I feel like when you when you know, I think someone said a graphic in the 1900s when there was like change happens and it happened every 25 years and this thing started happening. And now it's like every like 12 days or like 12. I forgot what the graphic was and I'm kind of butchering it, but just the idea of how quickly things change and evolve for you just being in the entertainment industry. What are you, what, what is your take on every everything from like streaming to TV to, you know, where it was when you started to now? Uh, um, I think, I think people, well, one, I think I'm, I'm with you on the technology side. I think technology, what we know as humans is going to, we're going to get to a point now, and I think we're getting there, where we, we've learned everything right now, let's say today, everything we've learned up to today, in the next 12 months, we'll learn double that. In the next 12 months, we'll learn double that. Yeah. Um, while we know those things, I caution people in telling them to take a step back and look at how can you deliver the things you want to do. While we may have all these pieces of knowledge and all this great in- intellect, we don't have a way to get that intellect to people. Mm. Part of the problem with streaming, part of the problem with some of the things where you have latency that's like three minutes. And because you got to look at what technology allows you to deliver what you want at the time you need. And that may not be the technology that's the most news thing because that's not ready to be deployed. So two things can happen at the same time. Use the most reliable technology while learning all the newest things. That's one of the things that we did here. We always look at what's the best delivery mechanism, not just the best option. And um, in in this space, I think the other thing is what we try to do and what I focus on and what I, I see all of the different things out there. But, you know, I think in this day and age, we need a little truth and positivity. And that's really where we stay on. And truth and positivity is how we built the business. That was a part of the business plan. And that's involved to the intersection of that, which is community and culture. Yeah. One of the things that why community and culture break through everything, race, religion, everything, nothing matters. And, and when you think about community and culture, well, what kind of content breaks through, does those things I just said? Sports. 
I know people that hate each other outside of sports, but if they're at the Eagles game in Philly, they're hugging on each other, they're high-fiving. You see them walking down the street, they wouldn't even talk to each other. And, and, and that's the ability of sports. Like, literally, if you saw them on the street, wouldn't talk, put them in, in a, at a tailgate and Eagles and they're hugging. Yeah. That's the ability of sports to bring you together. And that's a bit, the reason I love travel so much is you literally are leaving your space to go to somebody else's community. Yeah. It humbles you. And that's what travel kind of brings that together. So I'm learning your culture, your community, because I'm coming to you and vice versa. I think that's why I love travel so much. It opens you up to certain things. That's why I think kids should go away to school for a year because you live with other people and other cultures and you learn it. It's like one of the best experiences I had was my freshman year of college. I, it was almost a culture shock. And I've been around a bunch of different people, but I didn't live yeah. with a bunch of different people. And living with them, it's much different than visiting them. <laughs> and so, you know, you just open up your eyes to so many things. And I think I've been, I've been able to have a ringside seat of seeing how sports and travel just cut through noise yeah. and it, it brings it back to a place that we always did when we were kids, you know? And I think that's kind of, we need more of that in life. And, you know, our job is a, as a television network where people like to over glamorize it. We're, we're a customer service network. We're here to make you feel good on your, on your travel journey and to bring people together as you're traveling. I mean, that's really, at the end of the day, that's what we are. Appreciate that, Woody. Yeah, we need more positive uh, relationships and just more positive stories and attitudes. So I love that. Yeah, and as, as a sports fan, I agree. Like you go to a stadium, whether you're even if you're wearing like well, depending on where you go. You mentioned Philly, but like depending on where you go, you could strike up a good conversation with your rival team here and there. You know, I love it. But I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, we're gonna finish off the father quick five favorite yes. family movie. Do you have one? What is part me and my oh God? I know what my, my some of mine are. I don't know what some of ours is, right? We we watch um God, what do we watch? It can be a show or a movie, it just doesn't have to be like you no, know, you know it's funny. We what we watch Remember the Titans like five, five times. I don't know why we keep watching. Every time it comes out, it seems like we stay on it. So <laughs> maybe that's it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Genre of music, or was there a certain band you couldn't wait to deduce them to? Um you know, it's funny. I probably would say when he was younger, I was always bringing in um, like Charlie Parker and jazz because yeah. he then he ended up picking up the sax. And I used to try to play the sax. And we went to Philadelphia's uh, um, where, um, um, God, what are their names? Uh, the Gamble and Huff words. We were able to go into there because I knew them and we were able to train and then he quickly became way better than me at the sax and he was in his band. So, you know, I, I think introducing them to music from a sound perspective. And then, of course, we both like hip hop. We both like it. similar music. I mean, I don't get everything that they get into, but I'm a, I like, I, I go from, you know, KRS-One to like, Elton John to, you know what I mean? To, so yeah. I jump all over the place and I, I think he has very similar taste because he also listens to music itself. And right. I think that was one of my favorite things about bringing him into music. 
Yeah, my my uh, y- um, youngest plays uh, the alto sax, and it's just it's pretty cool. And she starts like she loves jazz and all that, so it's pretty yeah. sweet. I think it's the, music is, somebody into music. It, yeah, right, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 hear it. You know? Yeah. Uh, describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Um, our next one. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> you know, um, we we spend a lot of time together. We love um, we love being playing golf together. So we play, it would probably be me and him playing at least three rounds of golf in a row. Nice. Um, it would also be us hitting a boat. We both love that, you know? So, you know, it, it, ours is very chill. You know, my son is like, it's like me, we're, we're intense at, when we're in the middle of something, you know, we're very chill otherwise. So it's a lot of golf. It's a lot of cooking out. It's a lot of um, getting on a boat and relaxing. Um, just actually just being together. Is really it. Nice. Yeah, best time ever, just being together. Um, if people follow you on uh social media, especially Instagram over at uh Linwood Bibbins One, they see like you have experienced some really cool uh things in your life, man. Is yeah. is there one that like tops the others? Is there like one more surreal moment than the others? <laughs> um, you know, I think the first year that I mean, there's so many little things, right? I've, I've been to a bunch of different events. Um, I think my first year being at Wimbledon was insane because I had seen it, you know, and I'm like, this is cool. And then and then being a, a football player and playing, you know, playing sports, being able to be at um, the NBA 75 and, oh. and seeing how everybody, you know, I'm, I'm, I think LeBron is amazing. I think Jordan is, I don't know who's the best. And sometimes in one day you may say LeBron's best and I may say Jordan's the best. But I will say on that day, when Jordan walked out, there was a different aura of, of the 75. And I'm sitting in a box looking down and watching the stadium. And it, it just was insane. Because 74 great players just walked out. Yeah. But the last one that came out was just, yeah. it, it still gets remembering how people reacted to it and yeah. um you know so I've, I've luckily for me i i've had a lot of life great life experiences that i'm very thankful for um and i appreciate all of them i and sometimes it's just i remember me and my son being in southampton on the beach i mean just walking i was sitting there going you know when i grew up we didn't have any of this you know but we had a lot of community and so I, you'll see sometimes me saying i'm this is from just a kid from the hill. We came, you know, it's, it's in New Jersey, but we grew up in Hillside and we didn't have uh, money, but there's a park in the middle and everybody was at the park. And, you know, we were we were outside to the streetlights. We never went in the house. So, so I wasn't even allowed in the house. So. Yeah. Get <laughs> home and get dinner. When, when the streetlights come on, that's when you come home. I love yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. It, it would be like, did you not see those streetlights? And you yeah. see people running to get home. Also. No, the moment you were talking about, I was, I was watching on TV, the NBA 75, and Jordan's my favorite player of all time. And just seeing that, yeah, it was just like everybody was, you know, somebody there in the 75. But when he came out, it was extra special. So love it. It, it was it was different. It, it, and being in the, in the stadium, it was just you. It wasn't just like you saw, you felt it. Felt it. So, yeah. no. um, I heard, I think it was like um, somebody said it the other day, Damian Lillard has an interview now, if you get a chance to look at it. And he says, no, I was there. And he's like, he's like, he, and they were like, so did you, when you finally met him, what did you say? He's like, no, 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 I've never met him. 
I was just there. <laughs> so like even players of that stature yeah. are still like, no, no, no. I, I've never met him. I'm just in awe, right? Yeah. And so um, that's that's kind of funny to me. Cool. And lastly, top three words you hope your son would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Patience, there, and love. Great, great three words right there. Like I said earlier, people, make sure you follow Woody on Instagram at Linwood Bibbins one That's the number one. And when you're out and about traveling and you see Reach TV, know that he's the guy who founded and, you know, is the CEO <laughs> and he's making your, your trip a little bit better. So thank you very much for the time. I wish you and your family continued success. But again, this was a really great chat with you. I appreciate it. Same with you. Thank, thank you very much. My pleasure. I want to say thank you to Begin Health for sponsoring this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Really appreciate the work that they're doing with their Growing Up Prebiotics. It's a daily prebiotic for toddlers and kids ages one and up. If you want to look to support your kiddos' immune system and digestive health, make sure you go to beginhealth.com. And while you're on the internet, make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net. Check out the podcast. Check out the weekly columns like Dad's Doing It Right, Collector of the Week. There's articles on pop culture. My family and I sometimes write stories and articles together. All great stories centering around family and fatherhood. And also, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcast. It helps gets the word out. I really appreciate your support. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to theartoffatherhood.net.